gmail.com. You're listening to the Overcoming Daily Podcast with Anna Johnson of sacredlifecoaching.com. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Anna began her journey of becoming the Overcomer Coach as a licensed clinical social worker investing over 10 years to helping others in the mental health field. In her experience as a therapist, she became aware that believers are struggling from the same issues as non-believers. Same issues as non-believers. As Anna sought wisdom on this matter, the Heavenly Father inspired her to give up her clinical career in order to serve the body as a coach, to help them in overcoming life and spiritual challenges through kingdom principles. Kingdom principles. And so, the Overcomer Coach was born. Enjoy today's episode, Overcomer. Here's your host of the Overcoming Daily Podcast, Anna Johnson. Shalom. Welcome to the Overcoming Daily Podcast. My name is Anna Johnson, and I am your Overcomer Coach. And welcome, welcome, welcome. This is season three of Testimonies of an Overcomer, and I have a very special Overcomer with me today. This is my mother, Carolyn Cox. Welcome, Mom. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Hallelujah. And so mom is here with me. We are getting ready to celebrate graduation of my 18-year-old, of course, your grandson. Mm -hmm. And I was in the prayer closet and praying and just worshiping and thanking the Father. And I got this download that says, have your mom tell her story. And really, it's our story. It's it's your story. It was your story before. It was my story. But it's our story. Right? Yes. And, um, and so I'm going to interview mom. I'm going to give her an opportunity. She has a lot of overcomer stories, but we're going to start with the one that, uh, of course, everyone's story starts with Christ. And then we're going to talk about our, our, our story together. Hallelujah. But before we do that, let's just jump into prayer, mom. We're going to jump into prayer. Okay. Okay. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we give you the glory. Father, we pray that you would be exalted, that you would be glorified and that you would be magnified. Your word says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb, the testimony of their faith. And father, I thank you for this season uh, on the overcoming daily podcast where we are able to Just overcome daily and encourage others in and through testimony and glorifying you. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you in in Yeshua's name. In Christ's name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, Mom. So let's start from the beginning, meaning your life as a believer when you first uh, came to know Christ as your Savior. You want to tell the audience a little bit about about that, like how old you were and, and how you came to know Christ? Well, it was through my mother. My mother was a a religious person, and she took us every Sunday to a little old church in Walkerville, Illinois. And we went there for Sunday school and church, and I really loved Christian music. Every Sunday, my mom and I would sing for the the people. Mm -hmm. And then about 14, I decided that I wanted to be saved. And myself and several other people were saved at that time. I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember it just over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you felt like you needed to come forward? Yes. Hallelujah. So it was a revival. You know, I was 
I gave my life at what about that same age, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also often tell people though, even though I gave my life to Christ at like a teenager, I went on my kind of like lost journey. Yes. yes. And um, wow, I didn't realize we've never really talked too much about this, so I never realized we had these things in common. Yes. I was in a Baptist church, and um, when I and it was a summer, it was a summer. Um, thing. It wasn't revival, but it was a summer. I think it was vacation Bible school, if I remember. Well, I also had a a really sort of like I got lost. Mm -hmm. But then when you Mm -hmm. and Jeremy were little, Mm -hmm. I went to a revival at a Pentecostal church. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the spirit most definitely was there Mm -hmm. because I had to go every every night Mm -hmm. because he talked on Revelations. Oh yeah, the reality. Yes, mm-hmm. and it was very, very moving. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I don't, I didn't understand the Bible well enough. Mm-hmm. So this minister, mm-hmm. he told of things that have already happened uh-huh. that are in the Bible now, and the things to come, mm-hmm. and that makes you really think. Right. You know, where do you want to be? Right. So you came to a reality that you needed Christ. Yes. And that healthy, really it's a healthy fear when you know, I don't need to be separated from God, right? Yes. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like they think that they can just like not have a relationship with God and um, and not submit to him or surrender to him or not acknowledge him and that they're just going to get in. Yes. But this this preacher was... He was preaching some truth. And yes, and he was very, very moving. Yeah, gotcha. You know, gotcha. You had chills when you came out of there, and you had a lot to think about right. when you went home. Right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about your overcomer story. Um, you know, we talked about you coming to Christ, and mm-hmm. hallelujah that Grandma had, she had been, and you know, she planted seeds in me. You both planted seeds in me. I wasn't raised in the church, but I had seeds of truth and um, just a couple seeds. And boy, look what they've done. You know, like God is good. He hears prayer and you reap what you sow. Those are the three things that stuck. But I'm sure you planted more. Those three things. They put you out there on a limb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would have never had the courage then. You mm-hmm. and Twin Cat mm-hmm. to go out with nothing, mm-hmm. and you have six children mm-hmm. that you went on the road with. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. he's done a lot yeah. for you. Yeah, and you know me. Like, is that my personality to take risks like that? No, <laughs> no. You yeah. was raised because I always said mm-hmm. you have to work. You yeah. have to work. You have to have an education. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to support yourself. Very traditional, yes. you know, about like just logic. Yes, just logic. And I was a lot like that mm-hmm. because, and then when I would get to those desperate points, then I remember, and I'm like, how are you going to pay this? And how are you going to do this? And like money that. would just appear. Yeah, it was like he always came through. Mm-hmm. So that there's enough to make someone believe that oh, there has to be a higher power. That's right. No coincidence. So, so mom, tell a little bit about, see, so we talked about your overcomer journey, meaning that you come to know Christ, but you, like you lived in a difficult 
home environment. Yes. And that, and so, you know, we, right now, we're not really saying, like, what mom, like, like tell them who you were at a 14-year-old, like, what you were going through, how you were feeling, and and, and when did you, because you, you ran away eventually. Yes, I did. I ran, well, I ran away, probably. I think it was 15. Mm-hmm. And I left home, mm-hmm. and I went to Arkansas and worked with the carnival. So you, so you ran away at 15. So how do we go from 14, giving our life to Christ, mm-hmm. to 15, we ran away? Well, it was a, a very, uh, what I want to say, I ran away at 14. I went to Arkansas and worked with the carnival. But I, le- I left my home because there was so much drama all the time. A lot of fighting. Yes, my mother... Um, kind of resented my father because she had to work mm-hmm. and she was never happy. Right. Never happy with really any of us. So you started life out on a farm. Yes. And my grandmother, your mother, she had a really rough life. Yes. And, you know, people that know me, they know that I come from a long history of hardworking, independent yes. women. Yes. And so... Grandma, she was she was bitter and resentful even probably before she got with Grandpa yes. because she had had to raise her siblings, some of her yes. siblings. She had, yeah, she raised her siblings. She was like eight years old. Right, and she was one of like what thirteen? Yes, thirteen of them. Right. So, so by the time Grandma started becoming a parent, she was already tired. Yes, she was worn down. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't think she meant to be the way she was, mm-hmm. but. Well, she, she really couldn't, couldn't really handle it. Right. Well, she didn't really have a parent because her mother had to leave because my yes. great-grandfather passed away. She had to leave to, to take care of her. Yes. Right. So, Grandpa made some really bad moves. You were raised on a farm, you, and, and he made yes. some really bad moves, and Grandma never really... She, yeah. My father yeah. was illiterate. Mm-hmm. He couldn't read. Mm-hmm. You know, he could sign his name, but that was about it. And he got in trouble. With the financial, yeah. financially, mm-hmm. yes, and ended up losing the farm. And so, Grandma went from being able to just be that housewife, housewife. and manage the things she yes. wanted to manage to having losing it all Everything. and having to work. Yes, so she was not happy. Yeah, right. And when they first got married, they lived in a little old. Uh, house in Carrollwood, but it was a brand new home. Mm-hmm. It had everything, new furniture mm-hmm. and everything. Well, then it would belong to my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And when he got ready to retire, mm-hmm. my mom had to go to the farm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was her cup of tea. Right. But then along came us kids, and mm-hmm. and I just think she was always unhappy. Right. But she did have faith. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, she did believe. Yes. But she was, and that's. Part of my journey yes. is that I help people, like I, you know, um, I help people that are like grandma, like they're stuck in bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness. And grandma, she still died in her sixties yes. with some of that lingering, lingering yes. and it's um, and it's just not the will of God for us no. to to live like that. No. But but long back to where we were, like so, you dealt with a lot of fighting. And a lot of demands on you as a child, yes. and you just got tired of it, and you. Ran. I just couldn't. I mm-hmm. couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, they got me back from Arkansas. So you ran away to the circus to, Ar- yes. Ar- to Arkansas. Then I ran away to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And this is, you're an Illinois native, so yes. we're sliding the, the listeners. So yes. from Illinois, you run 14 years old, running, well, 15. I was 15. 15, running away to Arkansas, running, and you're hitchhiking. Yes. In Indiana. Yes. And then what happened? Because eventually I come into the picture. Yeah. Well, then I came back. My parents were good enough. My parents were the only ones that came to get us, me and two of my friends. Mm-hmm. The other parents didn't really care. Yeah, they gave it My parents did care, mm-hmm. you know, enough to bring me home. But things that did never got any better. And finally, I told, I told my dad, I said, I, I've got to leave, I can't live like this. So he paid for me. Uh, it was a motel or a hotel, and there he paid weekly for mm-hmm. me to live there. And, and my, you went to the, that would have been the big city back was, then. Yeah, that would have been Jacksonville. <laughs> Which is big city for a country, yes, for yes. a country girl. Yes. Yeah. And then I met your father. Mm-hmm. And how old are we at now? We're like, you're 16. 16. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, that would have been like a first relationship with anybody. Right. And he's a lot older than ten, you. Over ten years older than me. Right. So he's like, he's like 26 mm-hmm. and you're 16. Yeah. And you we got this just, old, yes. older man and he's in college and he's from New York yeah. and you think he's so smart he's and a, charming. and Yeah, I thought he was a really he, great guy and an intelligent guy. And he's, he is Because he was well educated. Yes. And we got together, and then... But you both had issues, right? Yes. Well, he was so much older than me, and there was other women, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. because he was an older guy. And I ended up going back home, Mm -hmm. and I was pregnant with you. All right, so let's talk about your your overcomer story and, you know, that that pivotal point for you. You you got pregnant with me. Yes. Um, And I was... Living back at home again. Right. And uh, my mother, she really wasn't happy that I was pregnant and to be pregnant with a biracial child. Mm -hmm. Because you lived out in the country. Yes. In the 70s. Yes. In an all-white community. Community, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, My father was very supportive. He Mm -hmm. did. He, He always said this so saying that if you make your bed... Mm-hmm. You have to lie in it, mm-hmm. and but then my I was had a counselor, mm-hmm. and my mother basically and this counselor were threatening me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you don't give this baby up, we'll put you in an unwed mother's home. Mm-hmm. And I felt very strongly mm-hmm. about having you. Mm-hmm. Because you changed, you did change my life. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. So I changed your life even before you held me in your hands, yes. right? And so let's talk a little bit about that story. So um, you were saying earlier that um, you, right before you got pregnant with me, you had you had some issues with the drug drug abuse, yes. and you had just come like you went into rehab. Yes. Was that in the same city? Yes, you, it was in Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I stopped was I had a counselor that, he was a hippie, mm-hmm. you know, and he told me, he said, I don't think uh, you should stay anymore because you're not ever going to change. 
and I'm a very hard headed individual. Yeah. He's like, yeah. no one tells you yeah. what you can't do, no, right? No one can mm-hmm. tell me you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I proved to him that yeah. I could. Yeah, that's where I get it from. And then, mm-hmm. of course, that's when I got pregnant with you. Mm-hmm. And so you, had you just saved my life because mm-hmm. most people that do drugs never get away from it. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to fight it constantly. So I guess I didn't realize, like, you would just literally kind of be, become clean and then yes. you became pregnant. Yes. And then that being pregnant when you just kind of it solidified the deal for you like you weren't going back no i wasn't going back to the drug life and that was another thing i had to prove to them Mm -hmm. because the counselor which the male counselor Mm -hmm. he was older Mm -hmm. and of course i think he was very racist Mm -hmm. and he told me that i probably that unwed mothers that are young usually don't they're not able to raise their children hmm. and they end up for adoption Hallelujah. and I was determined that nobody would take you away from me in fact I had nightmares that I had to bring you home in a suitcase mm, I remember you telling me that mm. and you know I had to have faith and y'all gave me the strength mm-hmm. to be able to do this as Alone. basically a child and alone in a lot of ways yes because you know grandpa like he supported you yes but he had a hard time standing even up against grandma yes because she had a very strong personality yes, yes. and um that relationship was abusive in some ways you know yes and with control and manipulation uh so how did God meet you in all of this like even like even as you're talking like the timing uh-huh the timing like you see the dominoes, like you come, you become clean, you become pregnant, and and then you become determined. Yeah, really, I think that he had his hands in everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that he knew that you know the type of in- individual he had created mm-hmm. was strong enough willed mm-hmm. that I could do things, mm-hmm. and. Nothing was taking you away from me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was just faith um, to know that he had to be there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I shared our testimony at a HOPE conference that I did, mm-hmm. a, a women's uh, HOPE conference. And I was saying that all I ever had was hope. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it, it was a hope that was living in you. And you, everybody said it's hopeless. You need to just, you need to just, Give her away. And you could have given me to a doctor. Yes, I, I, mean, I could have gave you to the doctor that delivered you. Mm-hmm. Because also, when you were born, I was being harassed in the hospital mm-hmm. by this counselor mm-hmm. that was working with my mother to mm-hmm. take you from me. Mm-hmm. And the doctor ran him out. And he said, the doctor sat with me and he said, Mercy. if you ever want to give her up, I'll take her. But nobody can take your baby against your will. So you, so that was like a God thing, like an, yes. inter, an intervention. Like, you, you know, as mamas, we know after we give birth, we're vulnerable, we're weak, we're tired. And even as a first-time mama, you can be overwhelmed. Yes. Well, you mm-hmm. know, that also I had to help with because by then, once my mother held you... It was a done deal? Yes. 
It was a done deal. And, you know, she helped. She helped a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And they oh. helped me if I worked. They kept you. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, you became very, very close to my mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and my brother, David, mm-hmm. he became... You would Yeah, you would never thought I was rejected. <laughs> no, no. And my um, brother, David, actually... Played a father role. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. taking care of you. Mm-hmm. I can definitely say during my childhood I felt loved and accepted. Uh, even though, you know, there's a, there were those own, ch- there was those own challenges mm-hmm. with the community. But my family, meaning your, your family, yes. like your, your sister and your, your brothers mm-hmm. and your father and your aunts and your, your uncles, like they made me feel loved yes. and accepted. Yes. Um, so you bore, I don't think you even realize this, but you took on shame. Yes. And I mean, you were easy to love. And what um, really touches me about that, that you took on shame is, is that that's what, that's what Yeshua did for us. Yes. And so we overcome when we do what he did. Yes. So you were determined you were going to do the right thing. Like, yes. You're like, this is my baby. I feel like I'm totally equipped to do this. I can, like, I can do it because yeah. of the love. Right. Right. And it did take strength. Mm-hmm. But I loved. Mm-hmm. I would have never gave you away. If I but they were it. trying to work you down. They yeah. were definitely trying to work you down. I would have. Ran to the mm-hmm. ran to ran to the woods and we've been wise. Oh my goodness! I could well, have never. Hallelujah! That didn't happen. And I could never live with myself oh, if, if I had done something. Oh like yeah. So, you know, y'all had to have been there because oh, if he hadn't, yeah, you and I would not be here. That's right, and we wouldn't have this testimony. No. And so this morning. What um, God was showing me is is that the temptation is for us to surrender our testimony. See, testimony requires discomfort. It requires a challenge. It requires a build. Mm-hmm. And because you endure, like not all mamas would be able to endure or would have endured like you endured. There was probably lots of mothers similar to the same situation. And they, and well, they yeah, some of the girls... Uh, that were my age mm-hmm. they did go away yeah you know and they'd be gone for nine months yeah and everybody you know their parents would say oh we sent them to a special school yeah we did this but I didn't come from a family like yeah. that mm-hmm. and if they sent me away and they sent me to the unwed mother home I would have went I told them mm-hmm. I will go mm-hmm. You were, but I will. They will give me the skills to be able to raise her. Mm-hmm. And so, what was it that what kept you from? Did you have shame? I mean, you bore shame, meaning like I'm sure people were like, "You're an unwed mother. You can't do this. You know, what are you doing sleeping with a black man? You know, like all of these sorts of things." Yeah, that was the biggest thing because I think if it had been white, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been as noticeable. As to, yeah, mm-hmm. because there were a lot of girls that were my age that mm-hmm. got pregnant while they were in high school, mm-hmm. you know. And, but, you know, I had fears and I did think about it. Yeah. But I couldn't do it. Right. Something kept telling me. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. I could do this. 
Something kept telling you that you could do it. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, but definitely yeah. sounds like the voice of God. Yeah, I don't just, think it was the devil. Or, or even no. yourself. <laughs> you, or even yourself, right? No, I was I was found determined mm-hmm. that you were mine mm-hmm. and put here for me to raise. Mm-hmm. And then I would raise oh, you. Oh, yeah. And that you would go to college. Mm-hmm. And you would become somebody mm-hmm. that other kids weren't. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It did happen. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. But you it, believed. Yes. You had hope. You had hope for yes. the future. So you found your, you ran and you collided with your purpose in some ways. Yes. <laughs> at, at, but, that was, but that was also a lifesaver for me. Yeah. Because I could have ended up mean on the streets. Right. You know, could have ended up in prostitution. Or, or accidental overdose. Yes. Accidental overdose, sir. So, so tell a little bit about. So, you were afraid of my. You were afraid of the, the, um, the power that my, my dad could have had. Like yes. you were a country girl. He was a. He was a big city, city boy. boy, and yeah. um and, um, and he, he had mentioned. Did he mention taking me, or was it, uh, or that he could? That he could. He had, uh, you know, tried to say that. Uh, he was going to be able to get you, mm-hmm. and basically that was another uh, that fear. Was another thing, and also it made me fearful mm-hmm. what his what his parents might try to do. Mm-hmm. And because back then, a lot of uh, judges, you know, they they gave children to the one money to or, the, the or they give them to the people of their skin color. Oh, okay, and. That was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So communication dropped. Right. Uh, so we, I think what were you nine mm-hmm. when I we, finally, finally, we mm-hmm. finally met him and we went to New York mm-hmm. and met Nana. Yeah. And found out that Nana was a she was a good yeah a good woman. All the fear dissipated. Yes. But you hit me. Yes, I did. I didn't want. You hit me. You I hit didn't. Me. And Grandma Manny, the Nana told us that uh, she had looked. They, mm-hmm. her and her husband, before he died, they were looking for you. Yeah. And yeah. But the fear, you know, being a young girl, and right, you know, being a single parent at that time. And my dad, so it really would have been my grandparents because my dad had drug issues at the yes. time. Obviously, he's overcome that, yeah. but he didn't overcome that until after he was age fifty. Yeah. So. He couldn't have raised you. He couldn't have, yeah. They would have had to raise you. Yeah. And that was always a big fear mm-hmm. that laid in the back of mm-hmm. my mind. Mm-hmm. But right. So you had to overcome, you know, you had to overcome being alone mm-hmm. when you because you got pregnant. Nobody was standing with you saying, Grandpa was supportive, but he, uh, the, if you knew Grandpa, you'd realize, like, his support is just like, it's more like a thumbs up. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> And so, so you you had to do it alone physically. Yes. You didn't have a physical body there to cheer you on. No, um, you had to do it uh, in fear and pressure and yes. shame and all of that. And there was just something in you that wouldn't let you. It wouldn't let me do it. And I would. Yeah. I didn't feel the need to do it. Right. I, there know, was no peace in it. I know they would yeah. say. Well, you know, someone else could give her a better, a life. better life, but oh, yeah. is that really true? Yeah. Can 
yeah. someone love your child as much as you do because the connection mm-hmm. well they can if they you know if you can give someone a child that is but that was not the will no. because you know the better life and so you know guys that, that are listening the better life if I would have the better life I wouldn't be who I am. I don't think you would have because uh, yeah. then it probably would have been. If it's been. easy, yeah. yeah. I would have done like the bees. Mom gives yeah. me this, dad gives me that. Yeah. We you know, you were a single mom. And you were brought up in a mainly white community. Mm-hmm. And which we gave you the strength to to, to, yes. to overcome and to endure. And we didn't we, we were poor. Yes. We were poor. We didn't have a I wasn't money. I was spoiled, but I wasn't spoiled. Yes. Like, um, you gave everything you could, yes. but at the same time, we had this humbling reality that money was tight. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. it, well, most of the time, mm-hmm. it was one meal a day. That's right. That's right. And yeah. we had to survive yeah. all that. Yeah. And so, you know, listen, guys, some of you have been listening to the lie that says you cut your testimony short. You need the challenge and you need that um, that stretching in order for there to be a testimony. And, and that development. And so, hallelujah. I mean, well, and yeah. too, I think that if I hadn't been brought up in faith, mm-hmm. you know, if my mother hadn't been yeah. there. The very thing she planted, yes. uh, she, yeah, she was trying to yes. unplant you know, because You can't I, do this. You didn't mm-hmm. miss Sunday school mm-hmm. or Sunday church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no matter and if she was mm-hmm. sick, you were going, that was her, you yeah. know. And she had faith, mm-hmm. and if she hadn't had faith, yeah, you know, because my dad wasn't really a church goer. Yeah, I can't say he didn't believe in in y'all, but mm-hmm. he, you know, he probably did. But mm-hmm. it was in his way, right? You know, and in fact, I don't even know my relation, the relationship my grandmother mm-hmm. had. And if they went to went to church when they were little, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because they lived in the country then, right? And so I don't know. I do know that he had to believe something. Cause mm-hmm. He bought my mom, you know, the big Bible. Yeah, we did still. We saw. Yeah, that. and yeah. he he loved to go to a Pentecostal church mm-hmm. because of the music, the charisma. Yes, mm-hmm. he enjoyed that. So I can't say that. He didn't have faith. I truly believe that he had faith. Mm-hmm. But he just, you know, he was a farmer and he worked seven days a week. Yeah. And that was his main focus was he needed the income. Yeah. He was a farmer. Yes. Hallelujah. A man doesn't get closer to his, to his uh, creative purpose than sowing seed. So, yeah. hallelujah. Well, Mom, you definitely are an overcomer. And because you're an overcomer, I'm an overcomer. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is, is yes, I was born, I was brought into some hard stuff. Like yes. you were a young, you were a young woman. Yes. And so you and I grew up together. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you were still overcoming some emotional yeah. stuff. Because I'm only 17 years yeah. older than yeah. you, so yeah, we grew up it together. Was a, and I always thought we had a pretty good relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like you were just mine. Yeah. You didn't you made belong. that quite clear. You didn't belong to anyone else but me. A little protective mama yes. there. Because you had to fight. Well, yeah. part of it is because you had to fight to hold, to keep, to get, yes. to keep me. Yes. So, 
Hallelujah. Well, Mom, thank you for sharing your story. What would you say to someone out there right now that is feeling a lot of pressure to um, to give something up that they know God has given them? What would would you just uh, look into the camera there and and let them know? Mm-hmm. Like, listen, listen to what you're being told. You know every. You know how the devil and and the angel mm-hmm. are on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Listen to the angel because mm-hmm. if the angel is saying you you should do this or you mm-hmm. should uh, keep a child that maybe nobody wants, y'all put that baby there. Hallelujah. And it is for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And you do it. You fight with all you've got and pray, and you'll Hallelujah. be fine. Yeah, God meets you in the middle, don't he? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if you notice, everybody at some time needs God. We all do. Yes, like your brother, mm-hmm. when he went to prison, mm-hmm. he found God. He yeah. found God in the county jail. Yes. yes. You know, in that we find we we find him in the valley yes. in those dark places he gets our attention yes and so the part of the reason you know in in my book uh, the overcomers guide i talk about that um challenges they're just an opportunity for overcoming yes and you can't be an overcomer without challenges because what is there to overcome us uh and so a lot of times we feel ashamed. We feel like that perfectionistic spirit that we all know about that we've been trying to kill in our family line. Uh, there's only one perfect, and it's God. And all we need to do is align with Him. Unless if, you, if, you, if people just uh, would, you know, think about the hard times when you you yeah. get to where you don't know what to do or where to go. And you call upon Yah, mm-hmm. you'll see. If you believe enough, mm-hmm. it will it will happen. Right. You know, oh, he will yeah. be there. He will provide it. He's always there. Yes. He's always there. But we see him much better in the in the hard times. Yes. It's true. Yes. Our yes. ears wider open. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Hear him say, mm-hmm. Well, Yah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do this, I promise this. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll go to church every Sunday yes. and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll pay my tithes. And, yes. But then the moment things straighten up. Right. It, mm-hmm. it so, doesn't yes. happen. So your life shifted, and I need everyone to understand this. Her life shifted with a challenge. Yes. It shifted. You became an unwed pregnant yes. female. And what looked like evil changed your life and yes. because of that you're alive you've got lots of grandchildren yes lots of grandchildren, <laughs> lots of grandchildren great you're, grandchildren you're went, and though you never were able to graduate from high school you found joy in me graduating from high yes. school you found joy in me graduating from college, college. twice yes. you've seen me you know you've seen all the things and, and all your hope you just yes plugged yes. the in me and you get, you've got to live to see see it. Yes. And the thing is, it's like it's not going to stop with me. It's a legacy, so it'll continue. It'll continue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never yeah. give up hope. No. Never give up no. hope. But you know, before we wrap up, I just want to uh, circle back to this one comment that you said that something in you just wouldn't let you. How did you say it? It would. They wouldn't let you. Wouldn't let me give you up. Yes. And, you know, and that's one of the things that I, I've written, people have heard me say or I've written before about 
um, the, the overcomer uh, will say, I feel like giving up, but something within me won't let, let you. Yes. And that is, the, that is the Spirit of God saying, get up, keep moving. moving. And you know, and I've been in those uh, places in life where like I had, from a physical standpoint, you look at it and be like, everything says, just stay down. You've been beat down, you're tired, and it's all true. You've yes. been, and I've been praying and crying out to God, and God will say, get up. Get up, and I'm like, I'm like, but I'm like, no, get up. Yeah, it's like, I can't go yes. no further. And he's yeah. like, no, I know what you can do. Yes, You can do all things, and really what you believe is that I can, it's that scripture, even though you didn't have a lot of scripture, you no. were raised, you didn't have a lot of scripture, but you were hearing, you were hearing that Philippians, what is it, four, uh, Philippians 4, 6, or four sixteen, where he says, I can do all things. 13. Yeah, four thirteen. thank you. I can do all things in and through Christ. Yes. You were hearing that. Yes. It yes. was telling me that. If you, it, it was like a feeling. If you do this, yeah. you will never forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And you will never be forgiven. So you saw the full picture. Mm-hmm. The consequence yes. of surrendering something that and was meant for you. Even though I mm-hmm. dreamed I was going to bring you home in a suitcase. Yeah. I can't, I was going to bring you home one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. And I didn't have to bring you home in a suitcase. No, that's right. Hallelujah. Well, Mom, thanks for sharing your testimony. It's just, this is just a little, I mean, goodness, this is just a little. We could talk about my childhood and that, yes. just growing up, but, uh, or even your childhood. There's yes. lots of stories. But hallelujah that you, you're an overcomer. You've made it through. And, um, I mean, I don't know how to explain my faith. You know, I lost faith in the churches. Yeah. Really the organizations. Yes. Yep. But I never lost the faith in God. That's right. You know, like you gave up on religion. Yes. And honestly you did me a lot of favors when you did that. Yeah. Um, because I didn't have any indoctrination like where you learn doctrines of men, yeah. but I I had faith. That's all I had. Like I believe, well you know, I believe and I had those simple truths that God was good. He hears prayers. And you reap what you sow. And those yes. three truths have brought me to where I am today. Yeah. That's that, me. Yeah. I know it. And then I needed salvation. That was the other one. Well, the one thing they think that uh, actually mm-hmm. made me question was when my father died mm-hmm. and a minister got up mm-hmm. and talked like my dad didn't know. Yeah. Because he wasn't part of the church. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the things I decided, well, you know, that it's not good to be part of the church because no one knows your relationship with Yah, mm-hmm. but you and Yah. Right. So. Right. And I know I have one. I, I pray. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk to him. Mm-hmm. So I know that when I go, I'm going to heaven. I might not be in the richest part of heaven, but right. <laughs> I plan to be in the kingdom. So. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, and listen, guys, we're not encouraging you to not be part of fellowship. No. What we're telling you is to develop a personal relationship with with Christ, with your yes. Savior. And don't be a follower of man, but be a follower of your Savior. Don't be, re- don't be a, a religious, but be faithful. Mm-hmm. And be in relationships, and, yes. and you know, and really, church almost—it you know, was almost a chunk stumbling block. At least the churches that you were connected to, yes. because it they didn't really understand the love of 
No, God. No, and I mean, to those people, that that's their choice. If mm -hmm. they decide, I want to be a Baptist or a Catholic yeah. or a mm -hmm. Pentecostal or, you know, mm -hmm. that's there. If that's the way yeah. they find their way to Him, yeah, it's fine the way to Him. Yes. But religion doesn't save us, guys. No. Christ does. Yes, you got to oh, have yeah. Christ does. True overcomer doesn't go to church. A true overcomer is the church. Church, yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. Well, this concludes today's episode, Testimonies of an Overcomer. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Mom, for sharing. You made us both cry. But uh -huh. we hope that, that you really are led to believe that you can overcome and that you understand that overcoming isn't easy, that you will, you, may, you indeed may have to bear shame, you may have to do it alone, you may have to endure persecution, but I am a living vessel to say that, Mom, you made the right choice. I did. Hallelujah. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you and we give you the glory. Yahweh, you are so good and you are so merciful, Father. And Father, we pray for those that are out there right now that are struggling. We pray that this testimony would encourage them. And we also pray that we would all take our overcoming to the next level, that you would be glorified, that we would share our testimony with by word of mouth, mouth action and decision, Father. In the mighty name of Yeshua, we thank you for this platform and this opportunity. We pray. Hallelujah. So until next time, guys, have an overcomer day. I am cheering and praying for you. Shalom.